Welcome to the Grow Your Independent Consulting Business Podcast. I'm Melissa Lieberman, a fellow IC and business coach. On this podcast, I teach you to become a consistently booked independent consultant without becoming a pushy salesperson or working 24-7. If I can do it, you can too. Listen on to find out how. Welcome back to the Grow Your Independent Consulting Business Podcast. This is Melissa, and today we're talking about how to become sought after through a compelling consulting offer. So I'm really excited to dive into this with you today. It's the second part of my double method for independent consultants. So you can double your revenue without working more. And today we're focused on the O, which is... uh, Offer a compelling consulting offer. Before I dive in, though, I just wanted to share something personal. My youngest son is starting kindergarten this coming week. So we just had registration, and I can't tell you how emotional it was. (laughs) I should be super excited for him to be in school full time, which he's been in pre K mostly full time, but this is a whole new level. So it's just kind of interesting. I've got friends, several friends who have kids starting high school. And my youngest is still starting kindergarten, so I'm behind, but so grateful that he got an awesome kindergarten teacher and we get started next week. So that's been my personal roller coaster. When do you start school? It's crazy how quickly the summer has gone. Okay, with that personal note, let's dive into the topic of compelling consulting offers today. So I'm going to cover what is a compelling consulting offer, why you need one, why you don't need one, and a trap that you'll want to avoid in as you're creating yours or refining it if you already have one, all right? And the reason why I want to talk about this is because I know a lot of you are taking the work that comes to you. Like a former colleague approaches you for project management work and you take it even though it's work you could have done in your 20s. Or a former client approaches you for work and you take it even though it's paying half of what you could be making because it feels like a bird in the hand. Or a recruiter approaches you for work and you take it because it's something that you don't feel like you can, you know, pass on. Again, a bird in a hand. The money's there. Why would you pass on that money is what your thoughts are, right? Even though it's below your typical rate and a recruiter is going to take a cut of that. So today, I want to talk with you about using a compelling consulting offer as a way for you to get in the driver's seat of your business so that you can attract clients to you and become known for and eventually sought after for what you do, all right? And that's the main benefit of using a compelling consulting offer. So I'm going to dive into some details around that today. All right. So today there's four topics I'm going to cover. What is a compelling independent consulting offer and what it isn't? Why you need one? Why you don't, as I said a minute ago? And then that common trap that you want to avoid. So let's start off with what is a compelling consulting offer? So I'll just use some very basic definitions that I Googled so we could get on the same page here. An offer is some combination of product or services or information or experiences that satisfies a need or a want. I think that ending of that is so important 
It satisfies a need or a want. It's about your client. It's not about you and your expertise and your experience as the lead in, right? The offer is satisfies a need or a want of your target audience or your target client. And then compelling means that it's evoking interest, attention, or admiration in a powerfully irresistible way. So combining those two things together, a compelling consulting offer is a powerful message, an irresistible message, something that evokes interest that satisfies a need or a want of your target or ideal client. So it might sound hard. I know when I first started working on this, it sounded almost impossible. Let me walk you through some of the basics so it doesn't sound so overwhelming. And the first thing I want to offer to you is that there are really two types of offers. Another way to look at the offers. The first is reactive. So you know your target market potentially. You know the general functions that you support or the types of industries that you support. And you talk to them people in those target market, potential clients, and then you tailor or customize your offer to them based on what you're hearing they need or they want. So I call that reactive. You're talking to people, you're hearing what their challenges are, and then you tailor or customize an offer to them. And that becomes a really great way to start out your consulting business, especially because you're really you know, going with the flow of the market, hearing a problem, and creating an offer to solve it based on your experience and past knowledge. That's a reactive offer. It becomes a lot more time-intensive, labor-intensive to constantly offer reactive offers because you're having to handcraft them every single time. You're going to have to gather a lot of requirements and understand what their challenges are before you're able to create some kind of an offer to help them. On the other side of the equation is what I would call a proactive offer. This is where you center your marketing around your offer so that you become known for and eventually sought after for what you do. This type of offer, once you can fine tune it and get it into a really compelling place, is what will attract clients to you, will create demand for you. And so being able to evolve from a reactive offer in your beginnings of your business into a more proactive offer as you're starting to grow your practice and really create a marketing and business development engine is where you want to get into that proactive offer zone. So let me give you a few examples of what I mean by compelling consulting offer. It would be something like, I help XYZ in order to increase your revenue by X amount. Or I offer XYZ, which results in reducing your cost by X amount. Or I offer this type of work to improve your client retention or to improve your upsell rate right? And you've got to put in, in the beginning part, which is the description of what you do, the description of what kind of function you might provide from a consulting perspective. But that gives you an idea that it's all very results-oriented, right? What does someone really care about that they would pay you for to increase their revenue, to decrease their costs, improve their client retention, to improve their upsell rate, whatever those business drivers would be. 
It isn't just to augment their staff because they don't have enough capacity. That's not compelling, right? People hire for that reason, but that's low dollar type work compared to if you're really delivering business results for someone, for a client. So the opposite of this, a non-compelling consulting offer is focused on you, what you do, who you are, why they should hire you, what kind of expertise you have, what awards you've won, or what types of companies you've worked for in the past. That is not a compelling consulting offer. That's you selling yourself. No one wants to buy you, my friend. (laughs) No one wants to buy you. They want to buy additional support to reach a goal in in the business that they're running or to avoid a problem that they're having, to solve a problem or avoid a problem that they're having. You and your pedigree is definitely something that they're interested in, but that's not the leading point here, right? So let me give you some very specific examples. Like within, if you were in product management, for example, your offer might be, I help software companies establish their three-year roadmap and vision in order to increase new client acquisition and increase end user adoption and retention. That might be a great offer for like a startup type organization that doesn't have a a more strategic, any product management or any strategic product management in their, you know, in their in-house staff. Or another example might be if you're a PMO, a project management office type of a consultant, you may offer that you initiate, you help companies start a PMO. So you help them initiate a best practice based PMO so that you have internal stakeholder buy-in and adoption, clear roles and responsibilities and deliverables, and ultimately it cuts the time to establish a PMO and get it to productivity in half. A couple of examples for you there, okay? So again, the compelling consulting offer is about the problems that you solve for people and not about you. And so then once you've got that compelling consulting offering in the proactive version, right? After you've done a few reactive type engagements, handcrafted offers on the fly, then you can start getting into that proactive offer zone. And then where you would use those offers is on your website, on your LinkedIn profile, whether you have a website or not, in your headline, in your LinkedIn profile, in your about section in your content. So if you're writing articles or if you are posting on LinkedIn, for example, if you're creating videos, if you're creating blogs on your website, if you're writing emails to your email list, if you've got one, you could be writing emails to... I have one client who has just a stack of business cards she's accumulated over the years, starting to re-engage with those individuals. What is the theme around what you want to say to them, which is based all in your and grounded in your compelling consulting offer? Could also be a way that you invite your ideal client to start a conversation with you, a manual lead-in where you're having a, a verbal conversation with them at a at an event or a conference, or you're exchanging over email or in comments on you know in someone's post on LinkedIn. There's so many different ways to really just center what you talk about online and in person around your compelling offer, 
which then creates you into that person who's known for and ultimately sought after for what you do. So those are some ways of where you would use this offer after you've created one. So let's go back for a moment and talk about, again, why do you need this compelling offer? For a lot of us, we can just handcraft things, right? It's part of consulting. We figure out what a problem is, and then we offer a solution. So why not just keep doing that? Why not stay in that reactive zone? In order to scale your business, in order to not be dependent on other people to sell what you do, in order to attract demand and attention to you, that's the purpose of a compelling offer. It will help you transform from that feast or famine cycle and dependency cycle into a consulting business where you're known for something and eventually sought after. It can be a conversation starter. It can help you not worry about cash flow because you've created pent-up demand for what you do. It can help you reduce that reliance on someone else like a recruiter to bring in money for you, to bring in clients and contracts for you. And it can help you take back control of your business. You get to decide who you work for, how you work, what type of work you do, whether you have a subcontractor helping you, what you're paid, and when you're working. This is the key to unlock your increased revenue and your control over your own schedule. So let's take the flip side of that. Why don't you need a compelling offer? Honestly, if you're starting out and you don't have a few projects under your belt or a good sense of what you want to do and what you don't want to do, who you want to work for, who you don't want to work for, what types of problems you want to solve, what you don't want to solve, and have that real life experience in a consulting setting, not in a corporate setting, because it is different when you're an employee versus when you're a consultant. If you don't have those projects under your belt and really a good understanding of what pain points you solve, then I recommend you keep doing some reactive work until you can get to that point. Reactive, again, being where you're crafting an offer on the fly based on what the client's challenges are. But over time, as you're ready to grow and scale your business and you've got those projects and those examples under your belt, then you're able to start moving into that proactive zone. And once you're ready to move into that proactive zone, there's really only fear that's standing in your way of moving forward, of planting a stake in the ground. So that brings me to one of my favorite parts of the podcast, which is, but Melissa, but Melissa, like the arguments that you might have for me as I'm offering you this tool for your consulting business. But Melissa, I don't want to put all my eggs in one basket. It feels so risky to plant a flag and say, this is what I do as a consultant. Or I don't know what to offer. It feels so hard, especially when you use the word compelling. That feels really hard to make something compelling. Or you might be saying, if I pick one focus, I'm going to cut out a lot of potential business. I don't want to just constrain to one thing. I don't want to leave money on the table with all the things I could potentially be doing. Or you might be saying, I'm going to be bored. I don't want to do one thing. That's why I'm a consultant. I love meeting you know, clients and working with this type of variety. Now you're telling me to pick one thing and plant a stake in the ground. So that's why I want to offer you, I'm using this word offer a lot today, <laughs> a lot of different capacities. 
What I want to suggest to you is that the offer doesn't have to be your end-all be-all. Once you get a proactive offer, let's think about it in a slightly different way to overcome what I call this offer resistance, right? That whole but Melissa section uh, list I just gave you. I'll do a whole nother podcast on just offer resistance at some point. But for today, let's talk about what the offer is and what it isn't. What it is, is a means for you to be known for something so that people and potential clients come to you. So that those conversations are started without you having to go out and, you know, beat the bushes, as they say. So I want to make sure that we're not confusing marketing with reality. And by this, I mean the purpose of marketing, which your compelling offer is part of your marketing, is to attract your ideal client to you. And once you attract that ideal client to you, you can start a conversation with them. What you ultimately offer may be some variation on what you've been marketing with your compelling offer. Or it could be something very different that better matches what they need and that you want to do. So we're not confusing marketing with the ultimate reality of what you're delivering. We're not trying to shove something down a client's throat just because that's our offer. We're leveraging an offer to attract ideal clients to us and to start those conversations. But I also want to be clear, I'm not talking about bait and switch either. I'm not talking about, well, offer something in marketing and then and then when they get on the call, then switch it out entirely. No, that's not what I'm saying either. What I'm saying is use your compelling offer as a way to attract ideal clients to you and to begin those conversations so you can really understand what challenges they have and how you can best solve them. And if you want to solve them, you might refer them to someone else because they're not in the zone that you've defined that you want to be serving. So that's what I'm talking about here. We want to create an offer that intrigues people to reach out and start a dialogue. All right. So that is the concept of the compelling offer that I wanted to share with you today. Using a compelling offer in a way that helps ideal clients, ideal prospective clients, understand who you are, what you do, how, and most importantly, how you solve the problem that they are experiencing or anticipate experiencing or wasn't even on their radar screen and should be concerned about. And so it's you becoming known for being the person that solves that problem in order to attract leads to you and become eventually sought after the sought-after consultant for the types of problems that you solve. And this is going to help you grow your business and stop being dependent on those external forces that we often rely on to fill our pipeline, like recruiters or past clients or past colleagues. There's no reason for you to have to do work that you don't want to be doing just because it's what's coming to you. All right, so that's what I've got for you today. If you need help applying this to your business, reach out to me. There's a link in the show notes. Schedule a call with me so we can, a strategy call with me so we can really dive into your business, get clear on your goals and challenges, and figure out an action plan for you to create this compelling offer and ultimately the business impact and income and flexibility you desire. Thanks for tuning in today, and I will see you again next week. 
Thanks for joining me this week on the Grow Your Independent Consulting Business podcast. If you liked today's episode, I have three quick next steps for you. First, click subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to make sure you don't miss future episodes. Next, leave me a review in your podcast app so other independent consultants can find and benefit too. And finally, to put the ideas from today's episode into action, head over to melissalieberman.com for the show notes and more resources to help you grow your consulting practice from your first few projects into a full-fledged business. See you next week.